Hey folks, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer here, and welcome to this special history lesson edition. I want to talk to you about something that happened on May 10th, 1933. It was the burning of books under the Nazi regime. It is perhaps the most famous book burning in history. Why am I covering this? As you know that Joe Biden recently announced he will be running for re-election. I find it very interesting that in his campaign video, right out of the chute, aside from including images of January 6th and still trying to say it was an insurrection and rewrite history, he actually mentions the banning or outlawing of books in America. What he fails to mention by just saying, and they're banning books, and they want to control your life, and they want to control your health, typical fear-mongering, he is actually failing to mention that the only thing that is contested here is the fact that we now have books inside our educational system that actually are teaching elementary school students how to have anal sex or elementary school students how to masturbate or how to enjoy themselves with the same sex by pleasing each other. I know if you're a parent or a grandparent, this mortifies you. I cannot fathom if back when I was in school that the teachers were opening, openly talking about anything sexual, much less talking about sex acts or teaching about sex acts. But here it is all the way down to our kindergarten. Yes, there are books and kindergarten lessons teaching our tiny children the pleasures of their sexuality. See, folks, we are in a war. It's not just a war for the very soul of the United States of America. It's a war for our children as well. It's a process of cleaving children from parents. And as part of the communist output that Marx put out, he actively wrote that the children were not the property of the parents, did not belong to the parents in any way, that the children belong to the nation, belong to everyone. This is the ideology that is being pushed on our children. I don't know about you, but I cannot think of any one way to justify having illustrated books teach our children about same-sex relations or anal sex or pleasuring other people, especially when they're young minds. Now, this is key because the Biden administration in its goal to portray conservatives as fascist, is actually utilizing a fascist technique. Remember, they don't teach history in our schools anymore. And when you do not know history, you are unable to understand what the future may bring. History does, in fact, repeat itself, folks. And we have a doomed future if we don't know history. And that is why I am bringing to you, since the Biden administration basically made it sound like conservatives are banning or destroying books, I want to bring you the truth of how the left, the deep state, is trying to take a fascist technique perfected by the Nazis and rewrite history 
and apply it to you, a common sense parent. So let's talk about book burning and its long, dark history. Of course, book burning refers to the ritual destruction of books by fire or other written materials. The Nazis did it in public. There's something about doing it in public that represents an element of censorship. It, when this is done in a public manner, which is what the left is trying to say on banning books from grade schoolers or kindergartners, what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a divide when it comes to either cultural, religious, or political opposition to the materials in question. What they're trying to do is make this a dividing point. While neglecting, it's just about parents protecting young, impressionable minds from topics of sexuality and sexual activity in nature. And that's why we're going to look at the burning of the books under the Nazi regime on May 10th, 1933. It actually set a 19th century precedent. See, in May 1933, book burning in Nazi Germany had a precedent in the 19th century Germany. See, in 1817, German student associations chose the 300th anniversary of Luther's 95 thesis to hold a festival at Wartburg, a castle in Thuringia, where Luther had sought sanctuary after his excommunication. The students, demonstrating for a unified country, back then Germany was then a patchwork of states, burned anti-national and reactionary texts and literatures, which the students viewed as un-American. What happened in 1933, this became in a push-pull of synchronizing culture with Nazi ideology. See, at one time, it stood for things that were just unacceptable in society. It was repositioned to polarize people of different parties and bring together one party in sync with, well, the Nazi ideology. This is where the left hopes to draw comparisons to you, the conservative, the deplorable, the domestic terrorist, or the extreme domestic terrorist. This is why you have to know this history in order to educate people about it and defend yourself from it. Guys, I want to take a quick break and I want to talk to you about a project we're doing to make sure that we can secure our elections. We've started what's called Fire Axe Academy. The website's easy. It's just fireaxe.academy, not .com, but .academy. 
our goal is to have an election integrity expert trained and in every voting precinct in the United States of America. Now, what does FIRE Act stand for? The FIRE part just stands for Forensic Integrity Research and Education. See, we have to have integrity in our elections. We have to understand when and where and how our elections go wrong. The ACTS part stands for Advanced Exfiltration Engagement. Exfiltration, you've heard that word. It's a military word. It's to remove something or something or someone from, well, a hostile area. Or you got to go in and you got to get sensitive data from a computer. It's kind of like Mission Impossible. And right now, the Mission Impossible, it seems like, is just saving our country. Folks, I want you to imagine a tall, burning building, a high rise. It's on fire. That's the United States of America. But we, the citizens, are trapped behind locked doors. We can't fight to save ourselves, and we certainly can't fight to put out the fire in the building if we're locked behind doors. That's where we need to be rescued. That's like the firemen coming to the door with their fire axes and breaking down the doors to let us out. Because, folks, this is a war. And we need people to join the firefight. I talk about this because so few people are trained, truly trained in election integrity. Many times people think being trained in election integrity just means you're trained as a poll watcher. When you're trained as a poll watcher, what are you actually watching Would you know if somebody was actually inside the voting system at the time they were in it? Would you be able to recognize the sleight of hand that goes on in a voting precinct to actually get nefarious votes on? Or do you realize that many of the ways they change our elections, the magic by which they change the votes, well, it's done, folks, before you ever see the magician at the show. It's just like in Las Vegas when you show up to see the magician woo you and wow you with their tricks. The tricks are thought out, planned, and executed well in advance. It's not right there when it happens in in the audience. It's already been, well, should we say figured out, executed, planned, mapped. It's no different when it comes to elections. What they're doing is well ahead of the elections. But let's take it a step further. The GOP raves about 80,000 poll watchers. That sounds like a great number, folks. Not when you realize we have 175,000 polling locations. It's woefully inadequate. That only allows at 80,000 one person at only 45% of all the polling locations. Folks, we're outnumbered ourselves because we're not activating. We're outnumbered ourselves because we're not thinking defensively and offensively at the same time. We have taken everything we've learned from all the forensic audits, everything we learned in Arizona about how these nefarious actions are done, and we've put them down in audio form so you can listen to it, my voice, so you can listen to it at your leisure, when you're driving, when you're in the office, when you're walking, when you're exercising, doesn't matter. Go back over it time and time again. This is how we're providing you with the education you need to know. The several hundred different ways they steal our elections. We're taking this vast knowledge we've learned since 2020 and we're memorializing it. And now we're passing it on to you. Would you consider joining FireAxe.academy? Join FireAxe Academy. 
do your part to help fight for election integrity by knowing every possible way they do it and every break in the system. Join us. This is a war, folks. It's simple. It arrives in your email. It's called the Fire Axe Newsletter. You're going to join the firefight by going to fireaxe.academy. Fireaxe.academy. Join us now. Okay, folks, we're back. We're talking about the book burning. When Nazi culture synchronized with Nazi ideology, see, in 1933, Nazi German authorities aimed to synchronize professional and cultural organizations with Nazi ideology and turn it into policy. Folks, that's exactly what they're doing with the woke agenda. See, this synchronization... When the Nazis synchronized professionals, that's what's going on in our investment community with the equality, the diversity, the equity and inclusion. That's the synchronizing of the professionals. And when they're synchronizing with the cultural, talking about race wars or talking about the LBG2Q, that's the cultural organization. And that is also why they've tied in the professional organizations to prove to push this trans agenda on us. You understand we're repeating history. Nazi Germany, the bad authorities, aimed to synchronize professional and cultural organizations with Nazi ideology and policy. It's the same, folks. Back then, it was Joseph Goebbels, Goebbels, right? Uh, He was the Nazi minister for popular enlightenment and propaganda. He began an effort to bring German arts and German culture in line with Nazi goals. Let me repeat that. Bring German arts and German culture in line with Nazi goals. What is happening with our television commercials, our TV shows, our movies, and Hollywood? That's right. They're bringing them in line, the arts and culture in line with their goals. See, the deep state and the left's not nuts. They learned from Hitler, and they know it's distasteful, and they need people blind to their using the same techniques. That's why they'll say it's conservatives. That's why they'll try to tell you that being conservative is being fascist, when in fact, they're the fascists and bringing this in. We're repeating history, just like the Democrats and deep state right now are bringing their art and culture in line with their goals. They're destroying ours in the process. Back then, the government purged cultural organizations of Jewish and other officials alleged to be politically suspect or who performed or created artworks which Nazi ideologues labeled as degenerate. All they've done here, folks, is reverse the process. They're trying to say if you're conservative, what are you? Well, you're a domestic terrorist. If you're trying to teach conservative values, well, you're one of those uh, 
people that support the destruction of America. It's exactly upside down. See, they want to replace what they're doing degenerate, and they want to insert it as it's good stuff. See, when Hitler did it, he was calling out what they felt was degenerate. I'm not backing Hitler, but I'm telling you, this is an absolute reversal. What they're doing is taking his tactics so they can introduce the degenerate. Is it not degenerate to be teaching a kindergartner about anal sex? You get my point. Back then, in an effort to synchronize the literary community, Goebbels had a strong ally in the National Socialist German Students Association. Same thing they're doing now, folks. They use our educational system. They learned from Hitler and they took over our educational system. They play on a young mind. See, German university students were among the vanguard of the early Nazi movement. Think about the people we have rioting on the streets. Are they people like you and me? No. They're mostly university students. You can see how they're applying Nazi tactics, but trying to say we are in fact the Nazis. See, this movement in the late 1920s, it filled many of the ranks of the various Nazi formations. Back then, Hitler supported and Nazis supported what was called ultra-nationalism, meaning we are the only good and chosen people. They also did anti-Semitic stuff of the middle class. And the secular student organizations, well, they gobbled it up. They became intense. They became vocal for decades. This has happened again. Now, they try to say in modern day that being nationalistic, caring about your country is bad, and that makes you a fascist. That's where they try to say nationalism is fascist. But in this sense, again, if you don't know your history, you're not able to understand what nationalism is versus ultranationalism and what they were really doing. See, after World War I, many students, they were in opposition of the Weimar Republic. That was from 1919 to 1933. And so they founded, uh, in this comfort zone of theirs, they found that the National Socialism was a suitable vehicle for their political discontent and hostility. They didn't want anything to do with the machines, anything to do with the ruling class, which was absolutely taking advantage of the people. But it's always in discontent that people can be hijacked. And that's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. They hijacked the confusion. See, chaos always separates people. And there is chaos that happens when you're attacked in war, even if you didn't want to be in that war, but then there's chaos that's manufactured with intent. That's what we're going through right now. Back in April, April 6th of 1933, the Nazi German Student Association's main office for press and propaganda, they proclaimed a nationwide action against the un-German spirit. They riled up the young people, got them to protest. Sounds a lot like Antifa and Black Lives Matter, doesn't it? 
See, what they needed in this action against the un-German spirit, they needed a climax. They needed this to climax in a literary purge or cleansing, a cleansing by fire. Local chapters were set up to supply the press with releases and commission articles. That's what's going on today. Local chapters of Black Lives Matter, Antifa, they too are supplying the press with stories. They too are what the press is holding up. Back then, those local chapters offered blacklist of un-German authors. Is that not happening today? When you have Antifa, academia, Black Lives Matter reporting, common people like you and I for posting our beliefs, are we not literally getting reported by for not being desirable to the system? Just like you see AOC talking about Tucker being gone and we have to censor these people that aren't with the program. Folks, we're reliving history. And all the while, while these local chapters were offering blacklist of un-German authors, they began to sponsor well-known Nazi figures to speak to speak at public gatherings. And they brought these leaders up and got them in the media for radio time and television time and broadcast time. What are we seeing today in both Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or the trans agenda? We are seeing those people gather at public gatherings, negotiate for radio and broadcast time. On April 8th and 33, the Students Association also drafted its 12 theses, a deliberate invocation of Martin Luther's 95 thesis. These were declarations which described the fundamentals of a pure national language and culture. Placards publicized these theses, which attacked Jewish intellectualism asserted the need to purify the German language and literature, and demanded that universities be centers of German nationalism. What are we seeing today but a reversal of this? That if you're conservative, you are against the country. If you are a conservative, well, you're a domestic terrorist. They want to purify the airways of anything conservative. And as they stomp out, shout out, and run out conservative speakers at universities, same thing's going on. They're demanding their own way of woke nationalism. Back then, the students described the action as a response to a worldwide Jewish smear campaign against Germany and the affirmation of traditional German values. What's happening today? They are taking action in response to conservatives saying we don't agree with Black Lives Matter, Antifa, or the trans agenda. We don't want that. And they're saying, no, that's the values of somebody who is for equality, who is just, and who is fair. In a symbolic act of ominous significance, on May 10th, 1933, university students burned upwards to 25,000 volumes of un-German books. This brought in an era of state censorship 
and control of culture. You saw it as we headed into the Donald Trump era, and certainly after the 2020 election, we began our own era of state censorship and control of culture, did we not? On the evening of May 10th, in most universities' towns, right-wing students marched in torchlight parades against the un-German spirit. See, back then, this was considered right-wing. Today, you see how they connected together, trying to say, well, the right-wing is bad. It is only a role reversal in history, something that took over a nation. Now, evil is following the same script. Back then, the scripted rituals called for high Nazi officials, professors, university rectors, and university student leaders to address the participants and the spectators. At the meeting places, students threw pillage and unwanted books onto bonfires with great ceremony, band playing. They called them the fire oaths. What are we finding now when a conservative speaker is speaking? We find the same group of hostile students pillaging, ironically breaking windows and throwing fires with great ceremony to try to shut down conservative voices. Back then in Berlin, some 40,000 people gathered to hear Joseph Goebbels deliver a fiery address. He said, no to decadence and moral corruption. Goebbels enjoined the crowd, yes to decency and morality and family and state. I consigned to the flames the writing of Heinrich Mann, Ernst Glasser, Eric Kostner. I would tell you again, they're saying the same rhetoric, but they're not saying no to decadence, and they're certainly not saying no to moral corruption. They're saying no to those that believe differently than us. And they're saying, yes, we have the rights to morally corrupt your children. This is a true reversal of history. Now, back then, which authors and works were targeted? Among the authors who books student leaders burned that night were well-known socialists such as Bertolt Breck and August Bebel. Now, think of this for a moment. Again, this is the key of a reversal. They found a formula in the Nazi movement. They hijacked the actual formula that created the Nazi movement. But now the reversal is to introduce socialism, to introduce communism. Say, among those authors whose books that the student leaders burned that night, as I said, Socialists, says Bertolt Brecht and August Bebel, the founders of the concept of communism, Karl Marx, the critical bourgeois writers like Austrian playwright, author Schnitzler, and uh, corrupting foreign influences, among them American author Ernest Hemingway. Again, all societies always hold up villains, but look at the common threads the common threads always include the young. The common thread always includes polluting the mind of the young and turning 
the mind of the young away from ethics and morals. And it is in chaos and turning the minds of young people away that systems fail. Now, it wasn't only in May. This went on through June in all. 34 university towns across Germany undertook the actions against un-German spirit. It was a success. It received widespread newspaper coverage in some cities, notably Berlin. Radio broadcasts brought the speeches and the songs and the ceremonial chants live to countless German listeners. When you look today, what are our broadcasters broadcasting? Are they broadcasting conservative messages? Are they broadcasting wholesome American culture and taking care of America? Are they broadcasting change like was promised by Barack Obama? Are they broadcasting the speeches and the songs of conservatism? No, they're not. They are broadcasting the same, the speeches, the songs, the talks, the ceremonial chants of Black Lives Matter, of Antifa, of the trans agenda. This back then was what they called the promotion of Aryan culture. And with it came the suppression of all other forms of autistic production. This was done back then to purify Germany. Here again, we are at the promotion of their culture, and they are suppressing all forms of our artistic production, speeches, comments, and communications. This is why it's a reversal of history. Now, why do totalitarian regimes often target culture? Simply because if you can take culture and the things that are uniquely different about people that are uniquely happening in society because culture is by default very diverse, but you can convince that culture that they are being discriminated against, that they are being hurt, that they are being suppressed, then you, in fact, can turn that section of culture against all of the other people in the very same culture. Has this not happened in our hyphenated culture? Taking black Americans from being proud black Americans to being African Americans? Do you realize when they introduced the term African Americans that if writers, newspaper writers, journalists, or news people refused to say African Americans, they were threatened with their job? If you didn't use the right terms, you were threatened that you would no longer work for the television station or newspaper. Why was this? It's because it's a driven agenda. Was it to make a people stand out and stand proud? No. It was to divide a people to control a people. Which is why we now have the LGBTQ always been here throughout time. But now the cleaving of them out, adding the hyphenations and telling them 
they're against you. They don't want you. They want to kill you. Let us protect you. Here we are again. Here we are again in a totalitarian regime when our elections do not work. When we don't even understand how they steal the elections from us and it happens, we get a totalitarian regime. We are in a totalitarian regime and it's using the lessons of Nazi history to once again target our culture. Now, don't get me wrong. They've been targeting it ever since. And this targeting of the LGBTQ culture started with Obama. But if you think back, everything that we are facing in a challenge to our conservative nature, moral or ethics, always begins with the assertion of a hyphen and then cleaving people away, pointing fingers and telling those that have been hyphenated that the other side wants to get rid of you. And this is how fear porn works. And this is exactly why in the new Barack Obama, yeah, Barack Obama, Joe Biden presidential commercial, because I do believe this is Obama's third term, why they're now turning to that books are being banned to drudge up more of this reversal of history, trying to paint, well, you and me and everybody that is a conservative as being the true disruptors of society. The question is, are we going to stand for it? Or are we going to stand up and be counted and make sure we use truth and knowledge to fight this horrid gross misinformation and misdirection. Guys, I want to take a quick break and I want to talk to you about a project we're doing to make sure that we can secure our elections. We've started what's called Fire Axe Academy. The website's easy. It's just fireaxe.academy, not .com, but .academy. Our goal is to have an election integrity expert trained and in every voting precinct in the United States of America. Now, what does FIRE Act stand for? The FIRE part just stands for Forensic Integrity Research and Education. See, we have to have integrity in our elections. We have to understand when and where and how our elections go wrong. The ACTS part stands for Advanced Exfiltration Engagement. Exfiltration, you've heard that word. It's a military word. It's to remove something or something or someone from, well, a hostile area. Or you got to go in and you got to get sensitive data from a computer. It's kind of like Mission Impossible. And right now, the Mission Impossible, it seems like, is just saving our country. Folks, I want you to imagine a tall burning building, a high rise. It's on fire. That's the United States of America. 
But we, the citizens, are trapped behind locked doors. We can't fight to save ourselves, and we certainly can't fight to put out the fire in the building if we're locked behind doors. That's where we need to be rescued. That's like the firemen coming to the door with their fire axes and breaking down the doors to let us out. Because, folks, this is a war. And we need people to join the firefight. I talk about this because so few people are trained, truly trained in election integrity. Many times people think being trained in election integrity just means you're trained as a poll watcher. When you're trained as a poll watcher, what are you actually watching? Would you know if somebody was actually inside the voting system at the time they were in it? Would you be able to recognize the sleight of hand that goes on in a voting precinct to actually get nefarious votes on? Or do you realize that many of the ways they change our elections, the magic by which they change the votes, well, it's done, folks, before you ever see the magician at the show. It's just like in Las Vegas when you show up to see the magician woo you and wow you with their tricks. The tricks are thought out, planned, and executed well in advance. It's not right there when it happens in in the audience. It's already been, well, should we say figured out, executed, planned, mapped. It's no different when it comes to elections. What they're doing is well ahead of the elections. But let's take it a step further. The GOP raves about 80,000 poll watchers. That sounds like a great number, folks. Not when you realize we have 175,000 polling locations. It's woefully inadequate. That only allows at 80,000, one person at only 45% of all the polling locations. Folks, we're outnumbered ourselves because we're not activating. We're outnumbered ourselves because we're not thinking defensively and offensively at the same time. We have taken everything we've learned from all the forensic audits, everything we learned in Arizona about how these nefarious actions are done, and we've put them down in audio form so you can listen to it, my voice, so you can listen to it at your leisure, when you're driving, when you're in the office, when you're walking, when you're exercising, doesn't matter. Go back over it time and time again. This is how we're providing you with the education you need to know. The several hundred different ways they steal our elections. We're taking this vast knowledge we've learned since 2020 and we're memorializing it. And now we're passing it on to you. Would you consider joining FireAxe.Academy? Join FireAxe Academy. Do your part to help fight for election integrity by knowing every possible way they do it and every break in the system. Join us. This is a war, folks. It's simple. It arrives in your email. It's called the FireAxe Newsletter. You're going to join the firefight by going to fireaxe.academy. Fireaxe.academy. Join us now.